Yo guys, what up? Happy Monday. Uh, this is a special episode of the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast. This is a previously unreleased episode, and this is the type of content you can expect to gain access to early when you purchase a coffee package through us when we're doing our small batch highlight roast releases. This episode doesn't contain a sponsored segment because I wanted to instead turn your attention to the Upstate Coffee Collective's highlight roasts. Our goal has always been to promote community engagement, education, and to bring more people into the craft coffee community. What that means is giving people an unobtrusive way to learn a little bit about what makes their coffee special. Highlight roasts are incredibly unique and beautifully crafted coffees from around our area that really excite us. The company excites us, the producers excite us and their cooperatives, and the quality of the coffee itself excites us. The key is to be able to give you guys the chance to learn a little bit about what you're drinking and why it's special while keeping it light and fresh and making it feel approachable. You don't want to drink coffee while reading a textbook about coffee, unless you're Kevin. <laughs> so with Upstate Coffee Collective's Highlight Roast series, our mission was to send good coffee to you with a little bit of information that's digestible. And if it tickles your fancy, and you want to learn a little bit more about it, you want to nerd out a little bit, we have that option for you. There's going to be a little QR code on the card that you can scan with your phone's camera, and it'll bring you to our website to a special blog post that we don't advertise all over the site where you get access to things like this, an exclusive interview with the roaster talking about how they went about making this roast, what makes it special, all of those types of things. And then also plenty of information about the coffee plants and the producer's story and why we think that they're very special. And finally, a little bio about the roaster themselves. We hope you will let us deliver a curated coffee experience right to your door. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Coffee fam, hello and welcome to an unreleased episode of the Upstate Coffee Collective podcast where we interview the roaster that roasted the coffee that you are hopefully drinking right now. Kevin and I got to sit down with Mark Romatico of Constellation Coffee Roasters and talk shop. This is a great place for you as a coffee enthusiast or budding coffee enthusiast, home brewer, uh, aspiring barista, aspiring coffee entrepreneur, um, whoever you are, whatever you do, this is a fantastic place for you to get insight as to how your coffee was roasted, what kind of thought processes go into creating the cup that's in front of you, um, and all the people that are involved in the process, all the way down to the farms, the lots at origin. Um, this coffee specifically is a blend of two origins, one coming from Papua New Guinea and one coming from Guatemala. Um, both of those origins are unique unto themselves, and the coffee that was sourced from both of those countries um, already contains a variety of coffee varietals, no pun intended. So we're going to get into the nitty-gritty about 
what that means, what it means to blend a coffee, and what Mark's goals were for creating this coffee. We touch a little bit on his background, where he comes from, and his goals for the future. Uh, But if you want a little bit of a longer form podcast focused more on that, he was actually one of our first um, podcast interviews. I will make sure I link it here in the blog and then in the show notes when this podcast is released. Um, I want to take a second to thank you again for purchasing a highlight roast. It really means a lot to us. Um, It means that uh, in some way you believe in our mission, which is to put good coffee into more people's hands, make craft coffee more approachable, and connect people through um, the lens of a beverage that we all know and love, but in a more intimate way. But without further ado, Please enjoy this exclusive podcast interview with Mark Romatico, owner, operator, sole proprietor, and roaster for Constellation Coffee Roasters. We're being authentic, <laughs> but it's too authentic. We're being inauthentic. We're, we're being authentic, but it's too authentic. Yeah, I don't like it. Too much. Yeah, let's bring it down. Bring it down. Uh, Mark, welcome back. Happy to be here. Thanks. Again. <laughs> Again? No, <laughs> we but don't, we, oh my God, we don't have to do who are you, how are you, what do you do? Well, well, how are you? I'm doing just great. Just how are you? Just, just how are you? I'm doing great, right? We've got a 14-month-old, so as good as I can be doing. Maybe. That's why I'm up at, you know, 5.30, 6 a.m. every of morning. Course. So, um great it's it's weird to be the first repeat guest because i'm just a small dude with a coffee roasting business out of my basement but you're a wealth of information um and yeah you exemplify the the idea of loving something so much that you just throw yourself into it regardless of what else whatever else is going on in your life. i appreciate that actually <laughs> i i did show the card to one of my buddies who lives in Texas, like, hey, check this out. He's like, who wrote that about you? He's like, I want to put that on my resume. Give me his email. <laughs> so anybody who can put that many words and structure them correctly. is this guy, right? Yeah. 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 Amazing job. That's, Amazing that's job. my, like, you know what's funny? So um, when I got, when I started going back to church, <laughs> Total 180 from where I started the podcast. Jesus, yeah, <laughs> when I started right. going back to church, uh, no, like a lot of a lot of the people there focus on like, what's your gift? Share it with the world, yeah. right? And like, I very quickly like, I was like, my gift is words. I like sharing words. I like doing that. And honestly, having this, having the cards, having the ability to share these things with people, I realized like the best application for like my gift as a person is to use my ability to craft words in order to bolster my friends. Mm-hmm. So, and honestly, dude, all of that is heartfelt. Like all of that's real. Like I wrote that in 30 seconds and that's just like, that's how I feel about Mark Grammatica. It's incredible. Like, thank you. Well done. No, thank you. Like (laughs) no problem, man. Uh, yeah. So if your friend needs a reference, let me know. Um, <laughs> well, but well, but we're, we got you on here because you're our highlight roast. I am. I am. Indeed. Which we're so stoked about, you know, like we've we've had people uh, we, we've had different tiers, I'll call them of like like roasters so far. And yep. we're down to the micro now, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and I love that because you, don't you think don't you think it's so funny that people love micro breweries, but 
nobody knows anything about micro roasters. And I feel like that's about to change. I agree. You know? I agree with that. Yeah. You don't... I think. I mean, coffee is still, I think, in its infancy in this area in general. Yes, we have different companies out there. But at the same time, like, I don't know any other micro roasters. I don't personally. either. So yeah. it's like, this is just... Not in this area. Not in the capital. You're region. the only one. I, I think. And yeah. you showed up to a meetup last fall. And you were like, oh, I'm roasting out of my basement. Well, and I immediately was like... What? (laughs) (laughs) And so that's the, I mean, the funny thing about it, right? Like we talk about mentorship and whatnot. Like I'm just reaching out, grasping it, like whoever I can find in coffee business. Like, hey, let's talk shop. That's really what I wanted to do. It's like, I I like what I'm putting out, like in the cup myself um, Mm -hmm. and everything that I do, right? That's the joy of being a roaster. It's kind of like, I can do whatever I want with it. And like, what does this taste like? I don't like it. All right, iterate again, iterate again. But, um, I need to like, I almost need a mentor or somebody to talk to so mm-hmm. I can kind of like share thought. Like, uh, am I even on the right page here? But mm-hmm. at the same time, the further I get down, like doing this solo without having that person, I'm like, that isn't necessarily right or wrong. It's like, I'm putting out my brand of coffee. And if people like it for what it is, it doesn't have any outside influence on it whatsoever. It's, I'm just doing it purely from, you know, self-taught. Well, we were just talking about that, right? I mean, people set these arbitrary lists of I have to do A, B, and C when really, like, you could skip one or two of those steps or reorganize them in whatever order you need. And a lot of people use that as, like, a blockade for themselves. But it seems like you're someone who treats it more like a hurdle and you just kind of, like, step over. Yeah. And then you, you keep going and you're learning and you're developing as you go. And that's awesome, man. It's great to see. Thanks. Yeah, I think I... I acknowledge the hurdle. Like, that's the thing. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't just say I have to do all these steps to get there. I'm like, all right, there's got to be a better way. Like, just freaking do it. Yes. Um, and then I, fig- I try to figure out how the hell do I get over the hurdle. So it's like acknowledging it is one thing and then figuring out a way to, like, do it once and then do it over and over and over again so you can get to the place you want to be efficiently without having to go through all those steps. Is That's what I'm trying to actively figure out with the wow. business. Yeah. As a solo um, entrepreneur... Do you, I, I personally, from my experience, find that every time I do one of those, one thing, I learn about five things and then bring them into the process. I'm constantly, through iteration, I'm constantly learning lessons and figuring out, wow, I didn't realize that you could do it that way. Or like, I mean, you know, simple example is like, I didn't know how to ship coffee. You know, I didn't oh, yeah. know how to ship coffee at all i started i we we, oh, yeah. we ordered to start we ordered like f- i don't know a hundred flat rate boxes from usps and they sent them to us for free and i was like that's awesome well that's because flat rate <laughs> boxes are expensive as fuck because <laughs> yeah. and that is not the way to ship what so like what what kinds of lessons have you learned moving through this process of like roasting coffee and then shipping it and branding yourself because you have to do it all yourself. Yeah. I think a lot of it's some of it's what you just said, right? Buying boxes. I'm like, where the fuck do I have boxes from? What size do I need? Yeah. Like I have a, I have a bag of coffee. That's great. I can measure it. But like, how big does the box actually need to be? I have no idea. So then you order a bunch of samples. So now that process has been solved. I know exactly what I need. Um, bags, the same exact thing. Uh, labels, right? Like right now, as cheesy as it sounds, but we'll get to a better spot. Like I'm just printing out labels from my printer at home oh, for yeah. every single bag. They're going on there. I was fortunate enough to get uh, stickers made with the logo to get, you know, to put on the bag itself. So that oh, can kind of yeah. have some like lifespan to them and you can put them wherever you want anyway. Um, 
But just getting through all of that since April, right? Let's kind of like start a company um, without having all these things figured out yet, but like start a company. And then as the orders come in, we'll start to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I love about the fact that we're highlighting a micro roastery is that you're a one man entrepreneur. You're a solo entrepreneur who is figuring all this out by himself. I want to talk about like trial and error as a solo entrepreneur. What does that look like, especially like from a roasting perspective? It seems like you start somewhere with like a certain curve, I think, and then you kind of iterate on that to to bring out the flavors that you want. Mm -hmm. How do you create a roast profile? Yeah. So when I first started roasting, even on like the one kilo roaster that I have, it was more, you know, pick the green, source the green, put it in the roaster. Um, I have a sense for where I like, I mean, at that point I was really like, wait for first crack. And then from there I know, all right, cool. I can drop it whenever I want. And I usually take things pretty light. So I would drop it like immediately. Um, and then taste it. And then I'd kind of work from there, but not really knowing how to tweak, you know, temperature, fan speed, et cetera. Um, it wasn't until, you know, a couple months ago I took a class with, with Mill City Roasters online. There's a little shout out for them. Um, that I was able to really identify something called like an all purpose roast. So Mm. it's basically you have a plan or at least I'll start now with a plan of where I want to be. Um, it's a, basically a recipe for like all the different phases of the roast itself from like yeah. yellow, you know, you know, green to yellow, first crack, development. And then I will do that for every single new coffee I bring in. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, I can then say, okay, am I getting what I think I should be getting in the cup? Is it too roasty? Is it too light? And then from there, you'll you'll tweak things. You'll tweak end temperature. Um, you'll tweak mm-hmm. fan speed. You'll tweak power settings um, yep. just to see how that affects things on the curve. Um I'm almost like I'm trying not to even focus on the curve too much anymore because like you can get mm. lost in the numbers. It's more or less like when I do something, if I was to give this curve to like a big production roaster mm. um, and say, yeah, you need to hit these temps or whatnot, like that's not going to work for them. Those temperatures work for me and for me only. But if yep. I told them I spent, you know, 30% in yellow, I spent 20% in development, like they can then recreate it there. So I'm focusing more on time spent as opposed to, yeah, exactly. Obviously, when I when I drop the roast or whatnot, too, I, I look at temp. I'm taking dozens of notes all along the entire process, so that way I can look back and say, okay, um, how am I going to recreate this? So, like, yeah. even for for the coffee that you know you guys are drinking as you're listening to, oh, it, so good. Um, I open up my, my my little handbook and say, all right, what did I do to to recreate this again? Because I'm not doing this like. 10 bags at a time and doing two bags at a time when I roast it, I got to make sure that I can, you know, hit all the same numbers over and yeah, over again. Yeah. Do you find yourself um, improvising based on your own taste preferences or what you want other people to taste? Um, I, uh, that's So I try to let the coffee speak for itself, right? We talked about that in the first podcast. Right. We did. Um, but at the same time, right, if I see something, like let's say I was getting like a basil note like I did at a Congo, I'm like, mm-hmm. that's badass i've never had that before what do they do to get there um i think that's unique and i want people to experience that and so i might at that point kind of like accentuate that flavor note because Mm -hmm. it's it tastes good it's maybe it has a little bit of personal bias but like the coffee brought it there i didn't i didn't do that to, to bring it out there but if it's if it's already there and it's organic and i can recreate that um then i want to share that with community in terms of like appealing to the masses um that's where i kind of like got the idea for like the blend a little bit too it's a lot of people can relate to a blend it's more like i I think i said before to like 
air quotes coffee. Yeah, um, and it has I, more of a coffee taste to it. I like to think of it as approachability. That, you know? Yeah, it's probably mm-hmm. a better way I, to say it. I've been using the word approachable lately because we're we're. I want to bridge the gap between what we love, especially coffee, right? We just had like a honey processed, like Costa Rican coffee that was like super juicy and just really different. If you were to hand that to somebody who, who is used to more developed roasts, Mm -hmm. they would be, they'd say there's something wrong with the coffee. They might have like a sour acid, like confusion. Actually, what I meant to say here was sour, bitter confusion, not sour, acidic confusion. Um, mm-hmm. So what I want to do is like I want to utilize blends like the Endless Summer blend to bridge the gap between people who usually drink commodity coffee, but maybe you're curious and it's that word approachability, mm-hmm. something that they can sink their teeth into and go, oh, this is different, but it's not so different that I'm confused or turned off by it. Sure. And that's kind of where this sits for me. I mean, I, we were, <laughs> we had a phone interview with um, with a local newspaper lately or recently, and the, the three of us, myself, Kevin, and Nick, we were sitting in a car because we had no service at the warehouse and it was raining, and so we're in the car and we had your coffee in our three mugs, and like we were talking and just chugged the coffee because it was so good. Like mm-hmm. we didn't. We didn't think about it. Like it, it was just, smooth. It was so smooth, it was and smooth. It, we just crushed it. Um, and I loved that. I, I was like, I could drink this all day. Yep. Um, which that's you an accolade it unto itself. Endlessly. <laughs> I endless. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> all good things come uh, to an end. Unfortunately, I'll myself out. No, <laughs> no Kevin. Um, we need you. We need the puns. Yeah. <laughs> You're usually the one on the puns. Um, so with the endless summer blend. Yep. Um, not getting into ratios whatsoever. Guatemala. Guatemala. Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. Mm -hmm. Cool. And you dialed into that because most people are used to having what they would call bold coffee, but really it's just got like the, it's over roasted. So it has those darker flavor notes to it. Yep. But what you're doing is you're taking those flavor notes of the bolder, like, you know, the the coffee that maybe isn't like great coffee for third wave drinkers, Mm -hmm. specialty coffee drinkers, but is great for people who are nostalgic and they just like want to wake up and grab it. And you're bringing that to more of like a medium roast. That's right. Yeah. So basically, yeah, people like darker roasts, right? They like this. Again, Starbucks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it's dark, it's roasty. How can I recreate a flavor profile like that, but without taking it that far? And so bringing in the coffees that can stand up to or bring those kind of qualities. And so my approach, is, again, I mentioned this in the first podcast too, like I think yep. more like a wine drinker, I guess, in terms mm-hmm. of like, like what am I getting in at, out of a specific coffee bean? And so like for me, I knew, you know, when I did the Papua New Guinea um, the Kunjin, that was basically, you know, heavy body. It reminded me of having like a very tannic Cabernet Sauvignon or yeah. something like that, right? So it's chewy, it sticks That's to my your favorite teeth, part about right? It. Like it lasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew I can get a lot of like acidity out of uh, the Huawei Tenengo from Guatemala, where this mm-hmm. one's from, from the high elevation. So it's like that also has great body. So those two complement each other very, very well. Um, so I'm like, all right, let's start to blend together and see what we can get. And then yeah. ultimately what we have is something that has like really good, fresh acidity on the front, um, lingers with you the entire way through. Endlessly, yes. Um, but can hold up to ice as well. And so the, 
outside of just having like a nice hot cup of coffee like we're enjoying now, like if I just let this stay cold, which I have my coffee on the floor for all the people listening and like the AC just... Oh, yeah. It, it's still fine. It's still delicious. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I've noticed that about this. It holds up even in ice. Yeah. Um, do you think, as a micro roaster, yes. have, you, have you noticed or do you think that the elevation factor for Guatemala versus other types of coffee comes into play a lot? Um... I think so, for sure. That's what makes these beans so bold is mm-hmm. that, I mean, they're both actually from similar elevations, right around like 5,500 feet. So super, super high. Okay. Uh, both volcanic soils, right? So in terms of like porous yes. and like water flow, mm-hmm. it has all that, right? And so yeah. what is that going to do for the coffee bean, right? It's going to make it work harder and make it more concentrated in terms of flavor and body and all those things that we're enjoying in the cup. And so yeah. that's why like when you're reaching far reaching for stuff at high elevation, that's what you're getting. The fruit is working harder to get to ripeness, to give you all of those flavors that you're looking for. Yes. Um, and so that's, that's really what, what we're tasting, what we're looking for. So, and actually the, the term blend itself, you know, when I was looking at this, because I, even on my website, I'm kind of just like, do I really want to do this? Because I've already talked about like, you know, sourcing single origin and highlighting coffees from this specific place with these specific people. Um, I forget where I read this or I heard this, but it's like, if you actually look at the core of, you know, coffees themselves, when we pull them, like this is actually a blend of different varietals from a specific region. So oh, always. it's always, a yeah. blend. so in that case, it is a blend. It's start. a blend anyway. So it doesn't yeah. really matter. Um, I was yeah, like, it's ah. like how people, uh, it's like, uh, you know, people have like, um, like trois cuvee, but, uh, and they'll be like, Oh, it's a trois cuvee. It's got like Cabernet Merlot and Zinfandel. Yeah. And then they'll be like, Oh, well, this is a Cabernet. And you're like, well, they rounded it out with Merlot and Zinfandel. Ex- yeah, so it's exactly. a trois cuvee yeah. anyway. Yeah, no, and it seems like you're. That's the right approach, and like I think, regardless, because even if you, like you said, even if you're doing single origin, you're getting multiple varietals in there, and a lot of people don't know that. And honestly, yeah. I I don't think a lot of people care, and that's fine. Correct. But to to bring to them a blend of Guatemala and Papua New Guinea that is at the same time nostalgic and uh, innovative. I I think is a service to newer third wave specialty coffee drinkers. Cool. Yeah. No, thank you. I, I like it's new territory, um, but I like the direction it's headed. Like, yeah. so like I'm definitely going to do something like this again, uh, maybe in the fall or definitely for like Christmas or whatnot too. I know like people, people love like holiday blends. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> holiday blend. Are you going to put chicory in that? <laughs> what are you doing with that? Are you putting that back? What are you doing? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that person's not listening. But oh. I, I told these guys a story. So again, because I'm a micro roaster, and because like my customer base, like out of the gate, is relatively small. Really focusing on friends, family, and then like word of mouth marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have somebody I know very well who is new to specialty coffee. And when mm-hmm. I came out with the Papua New Guinea, one of the tasting notes that I have in there is graham cracker, and. He had just, you know, bought a couple of bags of the Congo. He really liked it. And he was like, I was going to buy the Papua New Guinea, but, you know, my now fiance is, uh, she's gluten free. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. I was like, oh, no. I was like, no, no, no. I love that he told story. Me, he told so me he's that, like, yeah. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't put graham cracker in my coffee. I don't like drop chocolate in my coffee. That's a I'm tasting. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. you have to think along the lines of, of wine and bourbon or anything else. Like these are just flavors that I'm, that I'm identifying in the coffee. You might not taste any of them. Yeah. Maybe you'll smell them. That's fine. But it's I, like, I'm not actually doing that. So that again, that helps me recalibrate to like, 
the entire spectrum of consumers, right? Somebody who's never had it that I want to educate. Mm -hmm. um, and then folks like yourselves who are just more savvy with like a sophisticated palate that like can appreciate those those nuances and specifics. Yeah. I, I think you either would be or wouldn't. Hold on. Just let her in here. All just right. bring Penny in. Penny's joining. Penny's in the podcast. Kenny, uh, Kenzie, Penny, Kenzie, Highlight Rose Podcast. My wife, right. So my wife is downstairs working out right now. And usually Penny's really fine with the podcast. And she's usually really she fine. She just wants to be in here. She's jacked up. It's all good. Yeah, this summer pumped. blend. This she's the summer blend is so good. Oh, all right, Penny. Listen, yeah. if you're gonna be in the podcast room, you gotta be good girl. Yep. Can you be good girl? <laughs> oh, that's a very good girl. Disclaimer: We did not give her coffee. No, we did not. <laughs> um, we're gonna try. We're gonna try to have a conversation with her in here. If she's frustrating, yeah. I'll bring her back downstairs. Oh, um, I had a question. So, and this is a question that I know the answer to, and it's probably a silly question in this room. But it's, I think, a, a really great uh, learning lesson for people who maybe are getting in, especially coffee, you want to learn. It's um, a tidbit for the folks. It's a tidbit for the folks. If you say, you, so, so you have a blend of Papua New Guinea and Guatemala, right? The, the two origins come together pre-roast or post-roast. Like you're not roasting the Papua New Guinea and then roasting the Guatemala and then blending them after, Right. No, and actually, maybe we'll get to this, but uh, I can also start with it oh, too. So, Mike, yeah. Oh, so thank you. Sorry, okay. Mike. Um, when I developed the blend, I cup them post roast, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how I was determining ratios that I liked. Was I'd roast them side by side and mm -hmm. then put in a little bit and have you know ten different ten different examples to taste from, like ratios. Correct. Okay. At this point. Um, everything is done pre-roast. I just I mix the greens at the correct ratio and yep. then roast them together. So that way, they're technically roasted at the same level, but that's not entirely true because the beans from Papua New Guinea are far bigger sure. than the beans from Guatemala. And so there is again specific nuance that's going into each each bean together. So it's if I if I was to say take them to this end temperature individually, it would taste different than it does now in the pre-roasted blend. Yeah. So that's a great, I mean, there's so much, uh, nuance to roasting that people don't understand. Um, and, and it's the little things like that, that, that I enjoy just kind of like teasing out of people. So like, yeah, so you did roast them side by side at first to figure out what were the flavors that you were getting out of the coffees at that roasting level, right? You said you have like a, um, uh, standard roast. The standard oh, roast. All-purpose roast. All-purpose roast. <laughs> all-purpose. So you roasted each of the all-purpose roast, and then you kind of started looking at ratios, and you would, you would do cuppings in your home. Um, that's I love that, and I aspire to do that myself, like even just for fun. You know, yeah. the, the nerd in us, I, would, I love... What made me fall in love with coffee is the science behind it. Uh, you and I are both from yep. a science background, and just like you can attribute the scientific method to roasting coffee, mm -hmm. um, and I love that. How do you have a cupping station like in your basement, or how do how did you like set that up? How are you cupping at home, uh, especially just, with a fourteen month old? <laughs> I do it on my dining room table after hours, so he love goes it. down to sleep at seven, and then I've got. Um, what are the, the cups from that you guys have a crew? I have the same ones from. Oh, oh. Barista Hustle. Thank yeah, you. Barista, barista Hustle. So I got a bunch of those, and then I just lay them all out on the, on the dining room cups. table. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. Um, the biggest. So wait, you're cupping at like eight o'clock at night. Yeah. Oh my god. Are you spitting? Do you sleep? I, I spit. Yeah. You okay, spit. Okay. Yes. I spit. I usually at the end, like when stuff is really really cool, I might like take in a couple like sips and like swallow them. But 
Honestly, for me, I maybe this is I'm an anomaly, but like the caffeine for me, like it doesn't. I can go right to sleep. I can have espresso and pass right. Oh out. no, I'm the same way. Yeah, so it's yeah. like me maybe as well. I'm just used to it. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I as well. Um, great. So we we covered the roasting process. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other like outstanding questions. Um, first of all, oh, I think I want to talk quickly about tasting notes in general. Yeah, because we put them on the bag. Right. This is what the roaster tastes. This is what the roaster likes about the coffee. Um, but it's very subjective. Very, very subjective. Completely subjective. And so like when I and I'm mean, even even now, like I'll still look at the bag to give myself hints to like what I, for what I should be tasting, because that at least in, uh, it informs me of how I did in the brewing process. And by the way, I did not take very good care brewing this coffee. It still tastes fantastic, but I can I can tell that I didn't brew it super well. Uh, I wasn't paying attention. You brewed it a little fast. I brewed it very fast. Yeah. I didn't bloom it. I know. You can tell. I can taste. Yeah. Yeah. So that's dude, that that's like the coffee nerd stuff that I'm so happy <laughs> that we do these podcasts for where it's like, yeah, I can taste that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so crazy. But like so when I was first getting into coffee in general, I would brew and then look at the bag and go, Oh yeah, yeah, I can taste that. But yeah. sometimes roasters will use very abstract tasting notes like papaya and 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 if you've never had a papaya before you don't know what papaya tastes like yeah. so so no. you're like you you might find some adjacent tasting note but you're not you're not tasting papaya um what do you say to people who go like yeah i didn't taste that that note you know how am i doing it wrong what would you say to those people uh well i mean kevin said that to me when i first gave him the coffee he's like i don't get the peach I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't get the no. Stone I messaged it. you that yeah. day. I was like, I was like, I'm not gonna. And then, but then you were like, I just roasted so, that today. So yeah, that was. Yeah, I was super was, tight. It really yeah. needed to kind of like breathe. But yeah, you know, it needed to open up. That evening, I think I I made a cup and I let it sit there and I tasted. I'm like, it's definitely on the tail end for sure. But as it, yeah, as the coffee kind of sat and over time, it kind of shows itself a bit more. But yeah, a lot of people. They want to buy the coffee because they see like the photograph and they see like the tasting notes like, wow, that's really cool. Let me try it. Um, and then so much of it also comes down to how you how you brew it. You're not always going to yeah. get all those flavors. You might find something completely different. And I know I mentioned this on, you know, podcast one, too. But like, yeah, the taste is subjective. The way that um, Stax puts it on their bag is perfect. Like, just sit back, relax, enjoy. What do you taste? Do you like it? Do you not? That's it. Mm. Um because I identify, you know, almonds, black tea, and stone fruit on this, to me, those things work really well in kind of like a quote unquote a summer blend. They're fresh. They're you know they're bright. Um, doesn't mean that somebody else is gonna is gonna taste that entirely completely. Um, and then I know we we touched on grind size and everything else too. It's like it's for you to recreate the same cup of coffee that I make every morning. Like you're not gonna be able to do it. And actually, I stopped using my sift my crew sifter a little bit mainly because i'm like i want to make a cup of coffee like my customer will have it yes yeah and not everybody has this tool almost nobody has the freaking tool and for those listening who didn't listen to podcast one it just i can sift down to certain particle size again really dorking out on it yeah but it's makes makes it so that i can consistently have the same exact brew every single morning which is great but you're not all gonna have that and so i want to try to try like a, a big um, uh, a big grind size or like a micro grind size like a, a slow a slow brew a fast brew and like, yeah and do you ever um, a lot of people brew different um, 
with different brewers, right? Yep. Like a lot of people don't have a gooseneck kettle. A lot of people don't have like a uh, fancy like Chemex. So I love sometimes I, I think it would be good as a roaster to just, you know, maybe boil a pot of water and put it in like uh, uh, you, what are the kind of. Um, what are the kind of kettles that don't have the gooseneck? I don't know what you call them. A regular kettle. Tea kettle. Tea, tea kettle like a tea kettle, <laughs> yeah. And just pouring it over and just, you know, you don't get the best brew, but you you will taste what other people taste and then you can maybe make micro adjustments so that it's yeah. even better for that. And that's like, you again, I can't, cater to everybody it's really hard to do like i don't even have a simple you know an automatic coffee machine i i kind of wish i did so i can say like all right you know you throw it in there flip it on or like yeah. a keurig what does it taste like kevin I just flipped know. off the keurig i watched that happen <laughs> you said cake up and he was like fuck <laughs> yeah fuck no, you. i did yeah i hate the keurig and you know i i don't i don't care for it and it doesn't make a good cup of coffee and it's it's like the one product that i'm just like like a K cup itself. It's the one thing where like if anyone's like, well, I, I do a K cup. I'm like, all right, cool. We can't fuck be friends that. anymore. No, I, I, yeah, not, not that. I'm, never... like, I'm like, fuck your K cup. I don't, you're cool, but fuck <laughs> yeah, your K cup. Yeah, I love you. And yeah. usually we don't, I would never shit on anybody's brewing. Um, That's not brewing though. Yeah, you're exactly. Not, yeah. You're, you're not getting you're any not extraction. You're literally just running water through a hole in the top and a hole in the bottom. And yeah. that's, it. And yeah. I don't, I don't know if anyway. I mentioned this to you guys, but when I was working, <laughs> sorry, when I when I started my first job, I just had a Keurig machine, and that's really when I first started just drinking coffee, right? This, this mm -hmm. for the sake of a vehicle of caffeine. Yeah. But because I didn't like what I was getting out of there, I ended up using two or three pods, and like, all right, one of these is going to be, be on small. Other one's going to be on large. Like I made my own Keurig recipe. There's the scientist, so that I can. Oh. Right there. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not getting the cup that I want, like this doesn't taste good to me. So what can I do to make it better with oh my God, all even, I have here? So. Even with the Keurig, you were dialing it in. I would mix two different K cups. <laughs> like, I mean, coffee, brown water, right? Brown water. <laughs> I would, bean water. Bean water. Right. Bean juice. Right. Bean juice. Um, uh, go ahead. Anyway, so I'm going to cut it because I don't even. That? I did. Uh, don't you love it? It was fucking hilarious. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually just going to cut us talking about because I don't even want to fucking do the. the you don't want to beep? All right, I'll beep it. Right. Fine. It's such a fancy beep, too. It's not even just the standard one you would get on. Because like, I couldn't find it, so I had to make it, right? <laughs> oh. And so to make it, on, I use GarageBand as my DAW, yeah. which is hilarious. But it works really well, and it's simple. And I don't it's, it's, you know, I know how to use it. So Love it. Uh, and, but to make the beep, I had to use like a synthesizer. Not, and they have it like in the DAW. So I just literally hit a key. And then I, I tweak down some of the settings so that there's like there's no like reverb and there's no, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it sounds like pretty much a beep you know yeah anyway anyway so we we covered a lot of uh the roasting um we covered the coffee in a little bit a little let's bit get, let's get more into this um so the endless summer came out of you wanting to bring people into specialty coffee more specifically your specialty coffee you wanted something that people could enjoy that they could identify some of the flavor notes of but you still wanted to roast it to a medium you didn't want to over roast well Correct. and like, you know, it's funny. We use that term over roast, but really, like, it's, yeah. it's just roasting. No real like, such you're thing, just yeah. roasting, yeah. Um, you didn't want to burn things. No. And, and what you wanted to do was share what you're passionate about. You wanted to bridge the gap. Bridge the gap, Like baby. what Matt's all about. It, yep. And it, it, do you find that the endless summer is a good compromise? 
I think so. Yeah. I mean, it's accessibility and um, something that people can relate to to their regular morning cup. So that's that's what I try to achieve with this, and I, I think I've done that. Great. Um, because like I can go again and like have um, you know, a Costa Rica or a Congo or something that's just lighter single origin. Um, mm-hmm. and get all of that freshness, brightness that's like so unique to that, and then come to this, I'm like, oh, this tastes so dark. This is so weird, but it's, re- I mean, it's really not. It just represents more of what people associate with coffee. Yes. Right? I keep saying that as like coffee, but I mean. Mm. Um, well, it's it's what most people call coffee. Coffee. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right. You're, Familiarity. You're, you're doing the air quotes, but yeah. like, I mean, that, it, that, it's what most people are used to. That's what I grew up drinking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I even had, it was a couple weeks ago, I had um, Stewart's coffee just because when I was dropping my friend off at the airport at like 4 a.m. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is, it tastes like water. I'm like, but I'm like, mm-hmm. people love it. Again, it's a vehicle for caffeine, but this is, I had it. And I'm like, this is a learning experience for me again, right? Like, all right, so this is what they're buying every single morning. This is coffee. So many people wake up and they have Stewart's coffee or they have Dunkin' Donuts coffee and like that's their experience with coffee. Like it's that one flavor note and that flavor note is in their mind it's just coffee. There aren't other words associated with it. There's not a flavor wheel. It's not the approach that we're taking when we're super nerding out. It's not even the approach that we're taking when we're just like regular. Well, actually, like why do people say, um, what is there graham cracker in this coffee? It's it's because of a hazelnut and a French vanilla that they think that, right? Like, yeah, like artificially flavored coffees, yes, um, make them think that if I identify a note or something that should be in there, like, oh, this is this is going to be just like that. Like, no, 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 it's not like that. Don't yeah. go into this thinking like you're drinking a hazelnut. You're, you're not. drinking no. black you're not. coffee. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing in it. It is pure. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like when you when you brew hazelnut coffee, what you're really tasting is just syrup. Correct. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and what what we're trying to do as specialty coffee drinkers, as enthusiasts, is we're trying to share a love of a flavor profile with people by saying, "Oh, yeah, it's a little bit like graham cracker." How do or, you flavor coffees like that? I actually don't even know myself. It's because because you add it while you roast it, and uh, it's horrible for the roaster. It's horrible for everything. It's like making jelly beans. It's with color. It, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> so and you're like, basically coating the bean in syrup, and you have to super clean everything. And then even even then, over time, like okay, perfect example. We have a blender at Crew. Yeah, and we make bullet coffees in it, and mm-hmm. we make bullet lattes in it, which are beyond me. I have no idea why anyone would get a bullet latte, but anyway. <laughs> so we make bullet coffees. We make bullet lattes. When you make a French toast bullet latte, if you don't rinse the F out of that thing. You're every, everything for the next five drinks is going to taste like French toast. Interesting. Yeah. And the same thing with flavored coffees eventually. And that's why you'll notice, especially with some of like the biggest, most mass produced flavored coffees, a lot of the flavored coffees in that line all kind of have the same aftertaste. Yeah. And it's because of that left, that residual, whatever is in that drum that they're roasting it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love the coffee, and I'm really excited to to send it out to people. Um, Me too. Is there anything else you wanted to to mention when somebody's sitting down right now? They're drinking the coffee. They're they're looking at the card. They scan the QR code. They're listening to this podcast. Mark just gave me the info on Guatemala and Papua New Guinea, like where they specifically came from. These these two beans. 
right? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. was the email that you just sent recently. Yep. I haven't even had a chance to read that. Um, do do you get really into like exactly where it came from? I do as I, a person. Yeah, and again, I mean, because of what what I'm doing is on such a micro scale, it's hard for me. Right, so I aspire to be able to get coffees from all the way down to the individual farm, right? So I think I yeah. used the analogy in the past, right? Like California coffee, Napa coffee, Stag's Leap coffee, Stag's Leap wine cellars coffee. Or, yep. oh, sorry, wine. Um, with Guatemala and Papua New Guinea, these are both coming from, you know, a handful of small farmers that are bringing them to a centralized location for processing. Yes. Um, there are some new coffees that I'm looking at that I can get down to the individual farmer. There's a Costa Rica that does something called a black honey process that I'm very yeah, curious about. I love about. black honey. Um, Stop it's it. super expensive, so I don't know if it's like... It's very expensive. Do I want to buy it? And then, again, will, will customers try it? It's risk-reward for them. 100%. It's risk-reward for you. 100%. Yeah, mm-hmm. because black honey is really hard to do. Yeah, yeah. and so I aspire to do that, buy more from individual farmers and do that whole traceability because that's what I really want to to be able to share with with customers right the whole it, story yeah it seems like people who have an interest in roasting also have an interest in people yeah yeah for yeah. sure um and so for these like I can get down to let's call it not like the super individual farmer level but certain regions and literally I every morning you know with my son I'm feeding him breakfast I will will open up the iPad um he has no choice in this I will search for Tell me, find videos on Papua New Guinea, find videos in Guatemala, and we'll just go down the rabbit hole of every single video I can find to learn more about origin, you know, processing the people, the yeah. place, because that is, that's all just going into, into my brain, into my notes. So the next time I find a coffee from, you know, Papua New Guinea, maybe it's from the Eastern Highlands, not the Western Highlands. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I'll know a bit more about that and be able to share that with everybody who gets the taste gets to try it so i don't again i just don't want to roast it and blindly put it out there and say i taste a b and c it's like you try to identify why we taste a b and c why is this coffee so acidic it's like because it was you know um grown at high elevation because it's in this type of soil type Mm. um like well that's the benefit of roasting to order for you yeah is that you're able to do that because you're not just tasting it putting it out there and saying this is what i taste i hope that's what you taste too what you're what you're doing is you're you're picking up these coffees that you hope people will buy and then you're saying hey and let's in, talk about them. And in a way, I'm, it's selfish because it's like, I want to try that. I'm going to buy that. And then yeah. I'm going to sell that. Yeah. Like, I like, I want to, I, I want to buy it. I want to try it. Oh, this tastes really fucking good. I want to share it with everybody now. Good. Um, yeah. And so I'm still at that point where I can do that. Will we ever get to a point where all of a sudden people are like, yes, we're always going to have like an Ethiopia because it's freaking awesome. And we're going to make sure we have a lot of it so we can like meet demand. Well, and a lot of people do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm not there yet. So no. like, that's why everything that I have when I run out of it, it's likely gone. Um, like I have a little bit of Congo left. Like once that's gone, I can't get that varietal anymore. That's that's it. Till yeah. next year. Till next year. Right. right. Wow. Um, same thing with like endless summer. Eventually, after this is all gone, hopefully everybody's enjoying it. It's sold out. Um, I might have a little bit left. Um, but after that, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. And then we'll make another one next year with maybe the same origins, maybe not. Yeah, and that's the that's what's so exciting about it too. It's like I can't wait to revisit this next year hopefully get the same origins and see if it tastes the same as well. Um, how do things, I mean, there's going to be some like big words here, folks, interannual variability in terms Ooh. of like probably flavor and climate and how that affects how the coffees were grown that season. Yes. So yeah. Well, an interannual variability means every year there is a variable 
rate of you know the quality for the coffee and that happens with every coffee Absolutely. and a lot of people don't even realize that like even well, some of your favorite coffees yeah you might get it one year and be like oh i don't like this as much as normal and it's not that the roaster did it differently no it's that the coffee was it literally it might have just been an off year that's it's like, like a 2013 cab versus a 2015 cab I was yeah. just gonna make yeah. that 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 exact same comment is you you'll get people who have basement cellars full of wines that they love of a, like they'll get a case of a wine from oh I've got a case of this 1996 Malbec that exactly. was just fantastic exactly what happened in 97 oh terrible growing season Horrible. yeah you know there or or there was a hurricane or you know what I mean like yep it it, it can go so many different directions because it's agriculture El Nino yep. year La Nina year like all yeah. that stuff affects everything and people don't realize I mean just look at Outside. It does. Look at your lawn. Is it burnt this summer? Was it burnt last summer? No. Why not? Climate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's like a, a real world. Switching all the time. Let's do a quick rundown. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this coffee. Endless summer. We got Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea. We got Guatemala. You said 5,500 feet roughly for both. Yep. Right? Yep. What are your favorite tasting notes? For me, it's the, the body. That's where I had the... It's not not so much a taste note, even though it says black tea on the card. It's okay. it's it sticks with you. It coats your entire mouth. It's that chewy yes. cabernet yep. feeling, right? Very tannic is what I use. Great, um, telling you guys about it. Um, that and then for me, I like the peach on the aftertaste. And How then, would you describe the roast level? I don't consider it medium. I still consider it pretty light because I I there was basically like less than two minutes of development time on it after first crack. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe 20%, 18% or so. Um, I consider medium to be a little bit darker, uh, personally, especially in terms of flavor. So I'm going to say this is light to medium. So I think you nailed it on the card. Thank you. Um, well, I mean, you also <laughs> gave me that note. Well, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the thing is like, again, to each roaster, it's going to be what you think it is right so for example mm-hmm. like if any of you guys had you know um nick's roast from knockabout last last month like it it's going to look the same on the card but that's his perception of what the roast level was exactly um, yeah. and i told kev i'm like oh man like man that 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 tick was already taken by nick but i I'm, I'm like i really feel like we're there i'm like but he already has it and i thought like in my own perception of it i thought nick's roast was a little bit lighter absolutely loved it but i just think that it was lighter in terms of that spectrum of where you want to put the sliding bean we we moved the sliding bean one uh pixel one pixel. Right. here's here's the thing full like transparency yeah. here when we're placing that that roast level it's not only what the roaster says but it's also what you're tasting uh-huh. and so we have to taste the coffee as well and then say okay well even if the roaster said like this is super super light, it tastes light to Correct. light medium, you know. And so we, what we want people to do is we want people because that's that that isn't like the set, you know. That's what it is. That's what it always comes out at. It's like we don't have degrees on that bar, and it's because we want people to have a visual idea of oh, I'm about to ingest this. It's closer to light light well, medium. That's what I'm gonna get. Starbucks blonde roast, right? That's still. It's not actually blonde. <laughs> that's dark. <laughs> no, not at all. Oh my god! Yeah, seriously. Uh, I was so, so confused by that phrasing too, blonde, and I, I just I couldn't understand what they meant by that. Roast level, fine, but I, what what is blonde? You know what I mean? Like a what light is blonde, like yeah. a light roast. To me, you the beans are 
like a like a light brown. Yep. What the fuck is blonde? I'm sorry, <laughs> I get mad at that name. Anyway. Yeah. No. Well, it was just a term that was invented to describe it. Marketing, baby. Um, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite approach to this coffee? Like, how how do you prefer to brew it? Um. So again, because I'm spoiled with toys. Um. Actually, I just posted a picture on my Instagram. It's a it's a pour over. Okay. But I do it with, uh, it's called a Phoenix 70 from St. Anthony Industries. Oh, yeah. Um, super simple, right? Like geometric design. But the yeah. idea is that most of our, like, I usually use a Kalita Wave. Um, that has a 60 degree brew column. This one has 70 degrees. So water is going through more coffee. So you're getting more extraction. Oh, yep. I we know. were just talking about that with Nick Fernia not long oh, ago. Yeah. It, it, the, the verticality. Of water going through coffee, and once once again, we're <laughs> we're getting a little heady for people who might be new to coffee. But the verticality of water going through coffee is super important, and people are just used to the cone shape, correct? Right? They're just used to it. Like we accept it. We blindly we're just like, oh, that's how coffee gets brewed. Yeah. But what actually we're learning is, oh, maybe if we like move that a few degrees closer to ninety, yep. we're gonna get a better brew. I've found that I get like the sweetest cup out of that. The 70 degrees. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Like I've, that gotta, would I've be, gotta mess around with that because I, I can a, let you guys borrow it. I would love like, that. Yeah. Because I'm a huge homebrew nerd myself, you know, like through and through. You pri- don't say. <laughs> prior, <laughs> prior, no, but like prior to Upstate Coffee Collective, like I was a home brewer. Yes, I had a I had a cubicle that was very small, right? And so we just did we just uh, recorded a, a video um, brewing tutorial for Aeropress, and yes. we started with Aeropress because that's near and dear to my heart. That's where I started because it's it's small, it's compact, but like. I started buying all the toys. You saw my my cabinet mm-hmm. is full yep. of toys and coffees and and knickknacks and shit. Matt actually would text me when he <laughs> brewed a really good cup at work. Oh, I'd be so yeah. stoked! Yeah. yeah, I did it the other day with the Aeropress. I literally didn't. I wasn't even texting you to tell you about it. I was yeah. texting you so I could record it <laughs> so <laughs> oh, I could yeah, do yeah, it again. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's part notation, part sharing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so I want your Aeropress recipe. You don't have to give it to me now, but I want to taste your preferred arrow. I could give it to you right now. I'll on, tell you, what, yeah. you you guys should both give your recipes and we should just put it on the website. Oh, that'd yeah. be great. Well, it's not mine. For all these people who scan the Mine is from, I forget Thanks, who, the, who the 2017 uh, AeroPress champion was. It's a it's a, a female, but I used oh. her. And mine's a 2019 okay, AeroPress yeah. champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm not that creative. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although mine is slightly tweaked for the that honey processed uh, Costa Rican yeah. that we just had. And yeah. the other thing too is like, um, she was on a... I think there was again during COVID there were there was like a, a coffee webinar thing and she was on there. Um, and a Are lot you talking of the, about the SEA one, the one that was supposed to be that was during like the SEA it was supposed expo, to be expo during the coffee expo. No, this was oh, some, okay. this was something else I think. Right. Um, but the listening to them talk about how they brew for championships and you probably know more about this than than I do, but it's like she was specifically saying like this is a lot of coffee like but it's meant to be like a very bold cup because you want to have an impact for the judges because it's like oh, i think it's like yeah. 35 40 grams and it's like to make one cup and like normally i'm using 25 right like 16, oh yeah 16 oh, to yeah. 1 yeah. no yeah, yeah you so, want to go those extra grams and i'm like yeah for sure and i love that and so i'm like for me i don't care because i've got coffee off the freaking wazoo now because i'm roasting it mm-hmm. so like i can do that but like for most people if they see that like well that's a lot of coffee to use like that that could be two days worth of coffee or you know one day worth of coffee true in one cup but yeah yeah, the um, my, mine's thirty grams as well. And and do you do uh, do you have bypass water at the end, or is yours just the a just, bold brew? 
What do you mean bypass? So at the end of the brew, sometimes a lot of these recipes, you just pour water yeah, over. Yeah, 160 it. grams on top. Okay, yeah, mine too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, mine's, I don't know, I forget, 120 or something. But yeah, it's it's that you brew a concentrate through AeroPress, and then you pour bypass water at the end and kind of like dilute a strong brew. Yep. Yes. Um, all right, last question. Uh, Mark Romatico, Constellation, Coffee Roasters. What is next? So you right now you are... <clears throat> You've got a one kilo drum roaster in your basement. Um, you're doing you're doing pretty great sales. You you've been talking about like a farmers market. Yeah. Right? So um, support's been awesome, right? So we launched back in April. Um, support's been great for people again who just want to taste something different. And right you know, now they're I, they get the chance to taste what the micro roaster can put out like, from his basement. Um, looking at farmers markets, trying to get in person so people can actually try my coffee before they decide to commit to it. Um, ideally for me, I'd like to see us grow in the next year. Again, keep putting out, putting out coffee, but I would like to graduate from the one kilo to maybe something like a three. Um, that will not be happening out, out of my house probably. Right. But you know, I have visions of where I want this to go and where I think it can go. And I'm going to just do everything I can to help, you know, feed it in that same direction. And that comes from the help of, you know, groups like you guys and, and customers like you guys on the phone that are enjoying it. So just keep doing what you're doing and help me. Thank you for helping me realize this dream that I had. So, and we'll keep doing that. Hell yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, whenever you decide you outgrow your basement, you're looking for a little bit of a, you know, an, an out, outside of your house space. Yeah. Matt has a shed. I do. N- I have a shed. That is- <laughs> no, <laughs> that is not where I was going with that. Oh. We will. We will uh, rent out part of that space from you. We'll. We'll yeah. rent out a little corner yeah. of your space because we need some space. Too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. And maybe like the last thing too that I'd like to do is, um, if anybody's listening who wants to not even like retail sales, but like, I'd love to be able to share my coffee with other folks that you know have. Uh, other businesses too that space. Are, yeah space that are looking mm-hmm. to um, to offer it to their customers too so that's where I think the farmers markets like make make friends make create relationships um, and grow the community grow um, Constellation Coffee organically that way if I can beautiful great I would love to see you on some retail shelves that would be I'd sick be, me too it's a it's crazy actually even even for this alone right roasting the coffee for you guys is obviously the largest single like order I have to do. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? right? That, that like that I've done. So I'm like, I'm like, oh crap! Like that's a lot of coffee. I was like, yeah. Obviously, I can do it. I just haven't done it in, in that quantity at that volume at one time. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. We're gonna well, we're picking it up in two batches, right? At, at least. Uh, um, I'm excited to. I'm excited to get that big batch. You know, you're gonna show up with 25 bags <laughs> of coffee or whatever. You're like, Here you go. Um, that's great, man. I can't wait to see what's next. And obviously, we'll we'll have to have you on for like another podcast because the, first of all, I mean this these podcasts are very focused on the coffee. I'd love to talk more, just shop, you know, about lessons learned and um, and obviously your story moving into coffee is is so interesting and it really hits home for me and I'm sure a lot of other people. That's kind of what what I put on the on the card or at least on the site where you know a mm-hmm. lot of people can probably. Um, a lot of people probably feel for that where you, you are driving to work, you know, you're stuck in traffic and you're like, Jesus is, is, is this all there is? Like you do, I just, is it just, is life just work or or can I find passion or, or a fire in, in what I'm doing? And you discovered craft coffee and here we are. Yeah. And that, I mean, this is the first step of that, of realizing that dream, um, 
again, I'd like Constellation to continue to grow. But again, beyond that, I still have other aspirations. I mean, my whole desire from the very onset was like to do something in, in food and restaurants. So if this yeah. can help take me there, even if it's in 10, 15, 20 years, so be it. But for now, again, it's establishing myself and Constellation as a brand and putting myself out there to meet other people in the community and then grow from there. And thus far, it's been awesome. So hell yeah yeah thanks for talking with us man yeah thank you anytime anytime happy to do it yeah all right right. i think that's it thank you for listening folks yeah peace